there, this is Ryan and Victoria. You're listening to Needed Conversations. So glad you could join us today. We're in a fantastic series, if I do say so myself, on purpose. Um, We've been talking about how to step into your purpose, and this is episode three of that. So if you haven't listened to the others, after this one, you can go back. There's a lot of powerful information to help you not only discover your purpose, but to walk more strategically in 2022. That's right. We've talked about throwing away your resolutions because we know a lot of times it doesn't work when it's not part of your lifestyle. And what we really want to teach you is to discover your purpose so that you can make it a part of your lifestyle. So as Ryan said, we have talked about it in the previous two weeks and today we're jumping into purposeful relationships but before that um, Ryan actually hosted a step into your purpose challenge and it was a four-day event it was incredible you can still partake in the Facebook group Uh, you can uh, request to join and uh, actually if you wanted to you can get a free prayer to start off with so you can uh, message purpose to 864-428-7131 get a free prayer and get more information on how you can sign up um, in, and be a part of that Facebook group and you can actually go back and listen to those four-day teaching and also on top of that uh, we are running a special on the purpose course that Ryan created. It's valued over $500 and it's incredible. It's not something, if anybody knows Ryan, he is not one of those people that's just going to throw little random nuggets here and there. It's very strategic to really help you discover your purpose and really give you an understanding why you do what you do. So for a limited time only, it is at 127. You can actually go to Ryan Cole Empowerment as it backs backslash purpose that's right and you can sign up right now and start the 90-day process of discovering or this journey of discovering your purpose that's right we're building line upon line and it's all built around this purpose equation that god gave me through studying the lives of the most famous biblical characters as well as historical figures throughout history Um, throughout time and um, just tracing these common threads between, you know, what uh, occurred to these individuals in their journey of life and what positioned them to make a really profound impact on the world. Like what makes the most memorable figures throughout history and in the Bible, the most memorable figures. Uh, They all walked out this purpose equation whether or not they knew it at the time, but the thread was there in common between each of them. And I've extracted that equation and I'm giving it to you in this purpose course. So make sure you register um, and just text us with any questions that you have and to get that free 30 minute prayer that you can walk with. It's really exciting. 864-428-7131. So today we're talking about purpose and how that affects your relationships, right? Yeah, relationships have a lot to do with purpose because we interact with people all the time. And I know some people say, I'm not really a people person, but really, you can't go um, far by yourself. It really does take a team effort. You know, us as parents, we definitely understand that it really takes a village once we started having our first and then the second one. 
how much help you actually need of, you know, the next generation to really give you wisdom and advice, but also some support. So relationships are just so important in um, helping you to fulfill your purpose, whether it's people that you're serving or people that are encouraging you or motivating you. And hopefully you're finding that motivation and empowerment from us, um, whether it's at the distance or whether it's, you know, people that are close to you, that are speaking life into you. So yeah, relationships are a, a big big deal in um, discovering your purpose. And this is coming from the queen introvert herself. Yes, I'm very much of an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) And Victoria, she takes her relationships very seriously. When we first started dating, I actually researched a little bit about Ukrainian culture because I had never been around Ukrainians or Russians. And what I read online, as much as you can trust online, is that Ukrainians are very familial, meaning they are family-centered and that they don't have many people that they they count as one-off acquaintances that if they embrace you in a relationship that they treat you like family. And I think that Victoria is the most hyper form of that um, because she takes her relationships very seriously as we should, but also we've both had to navigate in the last several years, kind of the difference between transactional relationships and people where there is this, um, common thread of of purpose, but yet you may not be called to one another for life. Or if you are, then you have to navigate the transitioning of seasons and the proximity of those relationships changing, getting closer, moving farther away, getting closer. And I think the it really hinges on maturity as to whether or not these relationships are going to stay in the test of time. Um, as we were uh, kind of going through some transitions ourselves, um, just talking to trusted advisors. One of the things that was said to us is that, you know, there are relationships where, um, you know, you have enemies and you actually know that those people are against you and yeah. you can set the distance, right? And uh, you can manage those relationships. But then you have people who are for what you're for and they're not necessarily for you. And they won't even tell you explicitly. Nobody's going to say, I'm not for you, but I like what you're doing, right? Right. So you're both for the same thing. So you have a common mission, but you're not necessarily for one another. And those relationships are transactional and they work and they work well a lot of times. But the moment you begin to shift in terms of what your focus is and your mission is, or God changes your season, and you may not be for what you used to be for, or that may not be your highest priority, depending on where you are in your life, those relationships will begin to sever. And the challenge is, if you've given those relationships more access to your heart than they should have gotten, you're going to find yourself in a lot of disappointment, discouragement, Um, And so as we talked about last week, understanding your assignment and not being married to your assignment, but being married to your purpose is so important and understanding that when God has assigned you to do something for a certain season, and that could be up upwards of five or more years that you don't attach yourself to the people so much so that you are unable to shift when God calls you to shift. And that you recognize what relationships are transactional and what relationships are, you know, for the long haul. 
And yeah, the yeah. only relationships that are for the long haul are marriage, covenant relationships, and a few others. And most of the time, that is family. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of my personal challenges is that I expect a lot of, from people. And I think over the years, I had to learn to, again, put those relationships in the right context. Because if I expect something out of a relationship and it was never that kind of a relationship, then I set myself up for disappointment because those people were never there to to give me what I expected, I guess. And so um, I think having the right boundaries in those relationships and actually understanding what kind of relationships those are, um, I think will help you to put the right expectation on the the relationship. It's the same thing in marriage. You know, we, we have different standards. We have standards for sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to constantly be verbal about it and say, well, I guess I had a false expectation of this and I guess I need to redefine this. And so there's always this process of, um, I guess, talking first and foremost inside yourself and say, what is this kind of relationship? And am I expecting more of this relationship than what this relationship is? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And again, that's maturity. And there are some people that are going to be um, with you for life, but those relationships are not always going to be um, exactly the same as they, as they were when they first started. And there's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be people who uh, God calls to you for a lifetime, but there's going to be seasonal shifts and every seasonal shift comes with the responsibility to renegotiate all of your relational contracts. And it's not like when you entered into these friendships or these relationships that you signed on the dotted line, um, but invisibly you both have expectations and there is this um, mutual understated contract that really has to be addressed. And you have to be really um, confident that um, God is moving you and those relationships are changing and trust that he's got new relationships for you. Um, even the, your closest relationships like Victoria and I, as we shift through various seasons of life, we have to adjust our relationship and, and what our expectations of it is, you know, before, before children, after children, when children go off to college, shifting careers, moving from working for someone to working for yourself. Victoria and I are 100% self-employed right now. And that takes a different kind of balancing act than mm -hmm. knowing that you're waking up for a certain number of hours and going to a job. And yes, there's flexibility, but also there is the possibility that you could be working at random hours. And and you're always kind of um, planning and strategizing. Right. And that can put a strain on the relationship. And we have had to manage that as well. Mm -hmm. Because your purpose is connected to people. When we talk about that purpose equation, the, the key components after you understand you need a presence to pursue and passions to cultivate in his presence, those passions and those gifts will point you toward problems that God calls you to solve and people that he calls you to serve. And those two things are inextricably connected because there is not a problem that isn't a people problem. Any problem that you can identify, you can point to a certain group of people that either is contributing to that challenge or it affects. And so whenever God identifies uh, gifts inside of you, he will also point you towards certain problems and people that you will be assigned to help 
bring solutions to. And so that's where mission comes in, right? And I talked about this in the Step Into the Purpose Challenge is that when you feel those gifts being directed toward a certain problem and certain people, that's when you step into prayer and begin to dream with God and allow him to give you a vision of unlimited possibilities for those people and to see those problems solved. When you catch that vision, then you develop a mission. A mission is the how-to. A vision is um, the what, the what is going to be the end result that I'm aiming for. The mission is how are we going to get there? What is the road we're going to take? What are the strategies? And then God will give you little assignments underneath the umbrella of that mission to really uh, um, get you baby steps towards that end goal. And so you start small and you take responsibility for a certain level of authority, and God, as you are faithful with the little, makes you ruler over much. But every step of the way, you're gonna have to deal with people. So that means in order to be really sophisticated in your um, journey of purpose, you have to to gain some relational intelligence. Mm-hmm. You can have all of the book smarts in the world, but if you don't have the ability to relate, you're not gonna get that far. You can only live in an isolated bubble for so long. And really COVID told us that, right? Mm -hmm. How our work um, environments over technology, it's really tough to have a creative meeting over Zoom. I'm going to be honest. It's possible, but... You know, even when you're talking about this hybrid workspace, a lot of people that I consult with when it comes to marketing and building creative teams, what I'm telling them is that, yes, technology is there and it's important and it works for a lot of things like day-to-day tasks, but when it comes to vision and culture and when it comes to creativity, you are going to have to plan in-person, face-to-face gatherings or else um, it's going to take a longer time for you to produce the kind of results you want to produce. And so it's about navigating relationships and being comfortable around people, managing personalities and understanding your personality flaws and doing your best to work on those to make sure that you're not um, you're not putting a, a wedge between you and where you want to be. And that wedge is between you and the people that you always tick off and the people that you always rub the wrong way and take ownership for the personality flaws that you have and allow God to refine your temperament. Yeah. And when we talk about, you know, relationships, it's not about uh, how many people you can appease and how many people you can get on your side. It's really a matter of building a good foundation. And I'm a visual person, so I see it as a tree. You know, a tree has deep root systems that hold the whole tree up. And so you really need a few of those people, which we say, you know, marriage is definitely one of those. Um, You know, you can have one or two more advisors that, you know, you really look up to and they really speak into your life and you allow them to actually tell you when you are wrong and you're open for correction. And then, you know, you have the tree growing and you have tree trunks and they kind of weigh it, weigh you down a little bit. So there are those kind of relationships where maybe you feel like that you're responsible for them in some way, but, you know, they still are a part of your network, mm-hmm. like maybe family members, maybe you're a caretaker. And it's not to say that that person is a burden. It's something that you just have to do within the season. And then, you know, the tree has lots and lots of trees and you may have a lot of interactions with different people. 
but you know, tree, uh, the, the leaves on the tree, they come and they go seasons come and change, you know, fall comes and they all disappear. So I, I heard Medea say, you know, in the famous quote, you know, the leaves offer sometimes an occasional shade and that's pretty much all that they're good for. So sometimes you'll just have those interactions with people just kind of pass and go. And so it's important for you to, uh, Put an importance on the relationships that are the most important to you. We often see that, especially in families, we're so quick to reach out outwardly to try to appease strangers versus trying to work on what God has given you the closest. Because if you can cultivate those relationships inwardly, they will be your strongest support system. So whenever you feel down or have issues or whatever, they're going to be able to help to carry you through. Um, so that's kind of what I would say in regards to relationships and not feeling overwhelmed. Like I'm not a people person, like, you know, in my case, I just have to focus on, you know, what, what God has put in, in front of me, which is first and foremost, my family. I always say uh, my first ministry is my family. And then, you know, my extended family, you know, um, my mom, my, my siblings, um, and then I have some other relationships that God, I know, has put in my life to cultivate my character. And um, yeah. And one other thing is is that you have to recognize um, individuals who God has assigned you to and individuals who are assigned to you and realize that both, uh, uh, both of those things may not be true in, in one person, right? It's easier if like, okay, I'm assigned to them and they're assigned to me. We really hold each other up and this relationship is really mutually beneficial. But there are some things when it comes to your purpose where you're assigned to serve people who do not have the capacity to give you anything in return. And you have to understand this is a part of my assignment. This is me bringing solutions to the table and this is me, you know, fulfilling my purpose and then you also have to recognize that there are some people that God will assign to you that you may not be able to give back to them either. And it's a, it's not necessarily about you filling up the same well that you drink from as much as it is continuing to um, uh, see that cycle uh, fulfilled in whoever you're serving. Like that if you're drinking from this person's well, make sure that even if you're not giving them a drink back, that you're giving someone a drink. Right. Right. That you're not just a um, a leech. Mm-hmm. And so um, when it comes to purposeful relationships, I think it's 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 vitally important to recognize kind of the status of a relationship, identify it. And even if you have to have tough conversations with a person to figure it out, be OK with it. I would rather have the tough conversations than to assume that a relationship is something that it's not. And then both of us be disappointed at the end of the day. Right. Um, I think that's the biggest, the biggest hurdle in relationships is assumption, especially marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that goes back to those invisible relational contracts that are full of assumption if they're not addressed. And so um, as you're pursuing your purpose, you have to recognize that relationships are, are important your network is what's going to um, open up the doors for you. And you're going to have to deal with some challenging personalities and you have to have the grace for it. You have to be patient and allow the fruit of the spirit to lead you in your decisions. Every single person in the Bible, I mean, let's just look at Joseph alone. 
how many horrible pers- personalities did he face from individuals who were jealous of his gift and his ability to dream to people who were lustful after him and then tried to tarnish his reputation and people threw him in prison and then people who um you know just wanted him for his gift and then finally finally after all of the horrible relationships that he endured there was somebody that he met in prison who ended up being a real friend because after that guy got out of prison that guy went and told the king of Joseph's gift and that was really what led Joseph to becoming the number two figure in all of Egypt politically and logistically. He was a powerful figurehead, and it was because of a man that he met met in prison. And when it comes to purposeful relationships, uh, sometimes we're striving after who we think are the most important, right? And we kind of cater to them, and we we apply flattery and we're trying to schmooze and rub shoulders with the most important people. And then normally that gets us nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. It's just you operating outside of, you know, kingdom principles, which is the principle of honor. And that honor isn't just for those who you deem as the most wealthy and the most important figures, but it's allowing uh, honor to permeate every single relationship that you have. And I think that was what was special about Joseph that he not only honored people with titles and in big, you know, places of power, but even sitting in a prison cell, he honored two men, a baker and a cupbearer, mm-hmm. who couldn't at that very moment really do anything for him. But these no-name, nameless, we don't even know what their name is. We know them as cupbearer and bakers. That cupbearer opened the door of favor for Joseph that he could have not gotten from the person with the biggest title. Potiphar, who he worked for, he slaved away. Potiphar, who knew personally the Pharaoh, he was a part of the chain of command. Potiphar did not give him the access that this little cupbearer did. I just got a revelation because you were talking about if somebody were to pour into you, don't just be a leech, but pour into somebody else. Yes. And he just in prison. Uh, he met a cupbearer. He yeah. poured to him and the cupbearer poured it to the Pharaoh. And it was a big O exchange that happened where now Joseph was elevated. So it's. Even if if you feel like you're doing something that those people can never repay you, I think your expectation should never be from that person or from those people. But see, walk before God, walk before God, and honor God uh, above everything, and He will honor you, whether it's through those exact people or it's through another opportunity. I and mean, we've seen that in so, in our lives so many times us pouring into people. And we've always been drawn to people that are kind of ostracized a little bit and nobody wants to really mess with them or talk to them. I I always feel kind of drawn to them. And it's not to say that they will, you know, I expect anything from them, but we, we see the God's blessing upon us because we've taken, you know, interest in, in the, the people that people don't really care about. Um, and, and God honors that. And let me know, let me tell you, the point that I'm making is that you never know exactly. who's going to be your entry point of favor, right? If, you know, Joseph could have um, sat there because he thought, you know, I was thrown into slavery, but I worked my way up the chain of command in Potiphar's house. 
and he was like a, a house uh, he was a ruler in the, in Potiphar's house and then it all came crumbling down with a false accusation of rape and there he is thrown into prison and he's like all of that which I worked for and God was saying Joseph your favor doesn't come with how good you work your favor comes from you having integrity in mm-hmm. spite of the situations that are imposed upon you. And so there in that prison, God used a cupbearer, a nameless man, to open the door for Joseph to become the number two most powerful person in all of Egypt, saved an entire nation from a famine, and saved his own family as well. Listen, your relationships come in... Sometimes disguised packages, some of your most important relationships, don't forsake those relationships and don't be the person who's always trying to kick the door down to get into a room. Yes, speak up for yourself. Yes, be confident in your gifts and your abilities and do what's right and have integrity and all of those things. But, you know, don't, what what is the word I'm looking for? You just know those people that are always trying to get somebody's phone number, that if you open up their phone, they probably have tons of phone numbers of the most important people and, you know, they're name droppers. Mm -hmm. I know so-and-so. I've been to so-and-so's house. I, you know, and those people are just always going to be name droppers. You don't want to be a person who's dropping names. You want to be the person that everybody else wants to drop your name, (laughs) you know, which is what happened to Joseph. And you learn, like, let God navigate your relationships and don't despise the the people who you don't know could be nameless and faceless, but could be the open door of favor in your life. And so it's walking in kindness, regardless of whether you are doing this before people or not. It's really just having a posture of that. I am walking before the Lord. So if God is telling me to reach out to this person, regardless of whatever, you know, I'm going through or who's watching me, um, I'm going to do it. And um, God's going to be my my rewarder. I don't have to worry about somebody else trying to give me something in exchange for that. That's right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation about powerful relationships and gotten a lot out of it. You know, I want to encourage you to become a partner with our ministry, Empowered Culture Ministries. You know, our mission is to help individuals discover their purpose, date well, and to have lasting marriages and then complete that cycle by building a culture of empowerment in their home where their children and their family members can also discover purpose and date well and have lasting marriages. And so we are starting with the individual in this conversation, but we are really focused on bringing healing and wholeness to married couples as well. And we need your support in order to make that happen. We're counseling, um, we're, we're running ads on social media. We've spent thousands of dollars to get our message out there. And that's what your partnership does. It helps us to reach more. In fact, at the end of this month, we are going to two of the largest wedding festivals um, in our area. And we're going to be before um, probably in total, maybe maybe 1,500, 2,000 brides. Um, This is huge wedding festivals where, you know, couples who are engaged go and they, you know, look at wedding dresses or DJs or, you know, bakers and all of this. And we are the only people in our category who have gotten a booth. And we had to pay yes, for it. Yes. But we are going to be offering our books. We're going to be offering support, counseling, premarital, premarital work, workshops, yeah. and 
all of that to these who are getting married and their heads are in the clouds and they're thinking about the details about this wedding. And we're going to be asking them, have you thought about forever? But that takes resources, resources that, you know, we bought the booth, you know, all of the stuff to set up, making sure we have the books ready for them. Um, it's going to be an opportunity for great ministry. Some of them may not even, even be saved. And so this will be an opportunity for us to present Christ and the message of the kingdom. So please support us. Um, you can give by going to our website, ryancoleempowerment.com slash give. Um, also moremostforever.com will take you to the same place. But thank you for joining us for this conversation. We'll be continuing this next week. Yes. We'll see you next week. Thank you.